Previously heard on Good Hope FM. We love being with you, that's for sure. Martin Solveig in a world It's called Places on Good Hope FM as we power summer. My name is Sean. Fast forward with you through till 7 p.m. tonight. Dan Corder is back on your radio uh, between 12 and 2 tomorrow. Quarter to 12, quarter till 2. Uh, how was your weekend? Friendly faces. Hello, how are you? Hello. Welcome, welcome back. Welcome back. Um, I'm I'm eight days on trot in this here very studio. Um, it's good to see your faces, though. Yesterday I was on air. Ace Stoxenalian. Day before, Ace Stoxenalian. Oh. Um, it's, it's different. It's a very different environment when you're working one as opposed to with all of you yeah. in studio as well. Um, it's different. Do you and miss I, us? I do miss you. Yeah, I was going to ask. You I feel mean, like I do. you sometimes want to tell us something. Yeah, and then you go, oh, well, they're not there. Um, and I was thinking similarly then with regards to everybody being on holiday for the longest time, then going back to work, most of them. Mm, today yeah. they've been around family and friends and joking and then all of a sudden they're confronted with these people that are like yep. strangers again you know yeah. you haven't seen your work colleagues for such a long time and you have all those emails to answer I hope you had yourself a good weekend listen inside the next three hours not the celebrity news and we'd love for you to play along this afternoon 072-670-4025 5 after 5 we get organized with Carmen Mulder ahead of schools going back on Wednesday anybody who wake up this morning hitting into traffic and going do schools go back today why is there so much traffic on the roads if you notice they've moved uh, maybe Vanya would have because the two of you don't drive in from the northern suburbs mm-hmm. but um Everybody's back at work. Yeah, that's true. Because the roadworks are back in like full action. Uh, they have yeah. repainted lines. They have got different road markings. Um, it's a bit of a nightmare. You know, it would have been perfect if they just carried on with them throughout the festive season when the roads are quiet. It would have, I but suppose. No. And then have taken the entire February off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they all needed a holiday as well, right? Yeah, of course. But nonetheless, uh, they're back on the roads. And we launch a brand new segment. If you started the brand new year uh, looking to get your... Um, uh, your entrepreneurial venture off the ground, your SME uh, or budding entrepreneurs, Business Beat comes your way in, in fact, less than 10 minutes. Hold on. Welcome to it. Let's fast forward. Yeah, that's exactly what it's all about, right? Business Beat. More and more Cape Tonians are turning to entrepreneurial ventures, SMEs, to bring in some much-needed cash flow. And others are considering doing so. I'm not quite sure <clears throat> where to start, excuse me. As we join on the line now by the Regional General Manager from Business Partners Limited, Jeremy Lang. Welcome to the show. Uh, good afternoon, and thank you for having me on the show. Only a pleasure. Jeremy, I, I'm very excited about our daily chats for the rest of this week and seeing what we can what we can extrapolate from your knowledge. As we start off here and look back at 2017, what would you say were the biggest challenges and opportunities for SMEs? I think certainly something that came out very strong is a lack of growth. Um, as the markets are not growing, um, so the same pie... Uh, there's many, many people fighting for the same pie, many entrepreneurs. And if, if the pie is not growing, it means that market share has been taken from one place to another. Uh, and this leads to price wars and erosion of margins and so on. So I think lack of growth is a big driver for many challenges, uh, increasing overheads, uh, wage demands. Mm. And the second big one is as a result of a lack of growth and poor economic conditions is liquidity. SMEs continually need funding to grow. 
and in the marketplace with the tough market conditions, uh, funders tend to withdraw from the market, especially for SMEs, as they seem to be a riskier asset class in the funding landscape. So I think between political uncertainty, lack of growth, and uh, limited liquidity for entrepreneurs. It's been a tough year for them. Yeah, as if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Good Hope FM Powering Summer. My name's Sean. You're inside Business Beat. We're chatting to the Regional General Manager from Business Partners Limited, Jeremy Lang on the line. Jeremy, as we kind of delve deeper in, and obviously we'll unpack things as the week goes on, what are some of the negative trends that we may see continue into 2018? Yes, I think uh, the limited growth or low growth market conditions will continue. I think there was, uh, to some extent, the uncertainty, political uncertainty, has been resolved to some extent with the new ANC leadership being elected. However, it's now time to see what will unfold in respect of that. The market reacted positively to that so far. So I think the erratic nature of the, of the volatility of the RAND will continue. Limited growth will continue. Uh, and I, I believe liquidity constraints will also continue. So I don't expect drastic drastically positive change in the in the next year so entrepreneurs are going to continue to be under pressure for the next 12 months okay well on that note we'll chat more tomorrow and find out your thoughts on the positive trends affecting smes and the current economic outlook for 2018 jeremy lang regional general manager for business partners thank you so much for your time we'll chat again tomorrow afternoon around this time Timo ODV and Save Me, Sarah Jackson. Uh, before Danny K, Miss K, and that feeling. When you find a, ooh, how big is this? 910 carat gem. Did you guys hear about this diamond that they found? No. Yeah. Where? Uh, in Lesotho. A diamond found in Lesotho, the fifth largest gem quality diamond ever found. 910 carat gem. <gasps> oh my goodness. Who was the lucky miner? Oh, you mean like person that went underground, mm. right? You don't mean small person that mm. they sent to find it. Okay, just checking. Um, I don't know. They didn't stipulate. Wow. So it could have just been washed up on a beach. As far as or, I know, no, it's Lesotho, no, so it's that's Lesotho. not happening. No, it was, it was in a mine. Okay. Um, and uh, it's the, like they said, the fifth largest. It's ginormous. I've seen a photograph of it. It's like the size of my It's like hands. those fake ones. I want yeah, like those paperweights. Oh yes, it looks very much like like one of those paperweights. Does it, does. it say how much it's worth? No, they haven't seemed to have put a figure to that yet. Uh, they also haven't stipulated where it is, of from course. what I from what I can gather. Um, but the world's most expensive lump of coal. Precisely, and that's massive. That really is. Um, and I believe very large diamonds are often given names, right? The Cullinan diamond was given a name. Yeah. So I'm, I'm intrigued to hear what they eventually name this one uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that it you know would be worthy uh, of naming such a large diamond nonetheless we'll watch the news to find out more about that um, there is however celebrity news that has been making the waves in terms of large chunks of money did you guys see that there's a movie called um, oh, darn now I forgot the name of the movie All the Money in the World Mm-mm. There's a movie called All the Money in the World. It, it ha- it's been riddled with, with controversy because Kevin Spacey was originally cast in the movie. Oh, oh, is this the one? And then they said, thanks very much, Kevin. You're off set. Just before they were prepared to release it. Is it a, Okay, so is it a like, silver screen movie or is it a Netflix movie? Do we know? Uh, I think it was a big screen movie. Okay. So they shot the movie with him. They did. They shot the movie. They were almost ready to release it. Then the Kevin Spacey controversy came about yeah. and they refilmed scenes. They recast the lead. Um... 
Christopher Plummer was re- recast in Ridley Scott's movie, uh, the role of John Paul Getty Sr. Now, other people that star in this movie include Mark Wahlberg, Michelle Williams, and, and Mark said, sure, I'll reshoot the scenes if yeah. you pay me. Again. Again. Yeah. Over $1 million. Fair enough. Yeah. Sure. Except for the fact that Michelle Williams wasn't paid nearly as much. She was paid sort of... 0.1% in her fees. She got $80 per day for <gasps> to shooting. To refilm? Yep. 80. 80. She's got a terrible agents. So, I mean, there is $80 some... $80 a day to refilm because someone chunk... else was a pedophile. Yeah. Jeepers. Hectic, okay? Yeah. That makes me so angry. So, the movie's back in the news again today, and more specifically Mark Wahlberg, because he came under a lot of fire when people found out that he'd been paid over a million dollars to reshoot something, whereas Michelle Williams was paid um, percentage thereof. And the movie's name is? Yeah, all the money in the world. It's a bit shame. It's not Mark Wahlberg's fault. Like, he must get what he's going to get. I that's suppose, not it, like Dev had said, about. if you've got a good agent that has worked that deal for you, then you've got a good agent. I'm sure Mark Wahlberg's agent just picked up a new client. Yeah, but Mark Wahlberg's agent probably doesn't hire women because they're not making money off women. That's and, what it comes down to. And this is and where the conversation's gone. Here, and it happens next door, do and it happens everywhere. for a fact, Yes, though. I do. That, no, if you don't, you can't say that. I do know it for a fact, Did though. you hear it from somebody? What? Those exact words that you just said. Did you hear it from somebody? What exactly? Words. That women don't earn as much in movies as men do. No, I didn't say women don't earn as much in movies as men do. What did you say? I said women don't earn as much as men do. That's your opinion, though. Okay, it's just my you opinion. You can't say it if it's an opinion. You can't say it as fact because that's when people get misled. And that's when people start fighting with each other on Twitter. That is what I've come to learn. That's an interesting standpoint. Um, but in this case, because there was such an out, outrage, mm. and I think rightly so, you've asked two people to refilm scenes, yeah. equally so, and you've decided you'll pay the one more than the other, there is definitely some kind of gender disparity there. Uh, and in this case, Mark Wahlberg has stepped up and he said, fine, all of that money is going to the Time's Up campaign. They, they've added an extra $500,000 to that. And is that a the, charity? Uh, and the, yeah, the Time's Up campaign is a... Is a uh, 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 campaign that was being run at the moment with yeah. regards to the gender disparity and the sexual abuse and all that sort of stuff. And there is a campaign because it is. And the donation on. was made in Michelle Williams's name and not okay. in Mark Wahlberg's name. So I think he has repaired the damage to some extent. Shame, and, but it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Do you think it is? I'm interested to hear from Cape Town. Where does the blame lie? And before a DJ voodoo and love under lights. So speaking about uh, lightening things up, uh, Carmen Mulder from Lighten Up is back on the radio as we get ourselves organized. Carmen, welcome back to the show. Hi there, Sean. How are you? I'm very well. Welcome back from your holiday. I'm glad you traveled safe. Thank you. I just arrived this, this afternoon, so but I'm ready for the new year. So, Carmen, last week we spoke about making our homes a bit of a sanctuary. And with school holidays coming to an end, and I imagine everybody trying to rally the troops and get things back into some kind of order and organize their diary, what do you say we focus on bringing order to a child's room? Uh, and, yes. and, and I was thinking along the lines of keeping a bedroom neat and tidy and how, you know, my parents would be always on, would be on our cases to keep at night and to make sure that it's tidy all the time. Uh, is keeping a bedroom neat and tidy stressful for a child? How would you suggest we navigate this uh, space as a parent wanting to keep an organized home? Okay, well, I think we all deserve our own sanctuaries and the bedroom is a sanctuary of many children. You know, they 
rest there, they recharge there, they might even play there. So in terms of the stressfulness of it, I don't think it should be stressful, but it can become stressful if the parent interacts with their child in a, in a stressful way. So it's very much from a, from a parent's point of view. Um, but what I find is that the stuff that the children have can become stressful. There's just too much of it. Um, and any any of the stuff that they have needs to be cleaned, repaired, packed away, mm. and it can be actually quite distracting for the child. So that is more stressful than the actual interaction, in my opinion. So, I mean, last week we spoke a fair amount about decluttering and get ourselves organized. Now, now we're obviously into the new year. And Carmen, how do we set our children up for success as they start a new school year? Okay, well, it's very much age-dependent, I think, you know, so from... A child who is very, very young and cannot set up their own routine, for example, all the way up to teenager, it, it would kind of vary. But I like routine. That is that is kind of key in, in what I recommend. And it, allow, it actually empowers the child to, you know, kind of know what is expected of them. That's mm. very, very good and important. And it also, the older they get, they can start setting up their own routines and schedules. Um, an example of a routine is... You know, get home, do your homework, have some pre, uh, free time, play, um, then supper, then bath, pack away, and then you rest and sleep. You know, that's your weekday schedule. Um, so that's that's kind of kind of easy to set up for for your child. Right, and that really does set them up for success. Uh, we're speaking about getting organized. Monday's right here on Fast Forward. Carmen Mulder is on the line from Lighten Up, and we're talking uh, neatening up or organizing a child's room and making sure that we set them up for success as we start a brand new school year. Now, you have mentioned, of course, as we chat, this is obviously an age-dependent chat because some children are going to school at the age of six, some are going back into school a new school year at the age of 14. But then let's look at the multitude of things. We've got toys and clothes and school books and sporting apparel. I mean, the child's space is filled with a multitude of stuff. Carmen, what advice do you have for decluttering a a child's space? Okay, well, many of the children I deal with and many children today are actually quite attached to their stuff. Um, I think it's a kind of a culture that's been built up in terms of you have more, there's lots of toys and it's fun and exciting. But, um, you know, it, it does have its negatives as well in terms mm. of the distractions that I told you about earlier. But a mm. process that I would take them through is, first of all, the parents can sit with their children, go through a bit of a sorting process in the bedroom, sort everything by category, so clothes and certain types of toys and books and puzzles and, and, and. Mm. Then once they've all so- sorted and you know how much of everything you've got and you're sitting there with a pile of 20 puzzles, for example, then you can start making decisions about what you're going to do with that. So let's say, um, you know, 10 of those puzzles are, have been, you know, built forever and there's a whole bunch of clothes that don't fit and um, toys that are broken, whatever. So then you'd go through a bit of a purging process and what you decide to do with that is is your own. You can donate it or sell it or whatever you want to do. Um, and then you go through a process of packing all that stuff away and that's now containing everything. So your child will know where to put things away. Many people don't have space or allocated space for, for a certain category of the item. So that causes chaos in their rooms. And then those storage containers should be labeled. Um, if the child is younger, perhaps labeled with pictures, you know, to kind of make it more fun so they can understand that in that on that shelf, puzzles go there or books or whatever the case is to make it easier. And the big thing is maintaining. So mm. it's all well doing it to once off, but maintaining. So your child needs to go through a process maybe every birthday, after every Christmas, 
of decluttering that space, getting rid of it, donating it to, um, you know, good cause that's close to your heart or people that you know of who are struggling, um, who can make use of it. That's you know, it's not gathering dust there for you. And Carmen, as I listen to you, I, I hear you talking quite a lot about doing going through this process with your child, not going into the room whilst they're potentially at school or, or they're playing outside and, and decluttering on your on your own. So I, I assume there's a fair amount of psychology that goes into sorting a child's room together with them. And you've also mentioned uh, making it easy for them to maintain. What orderly techniques are do you find are, are most easily adopted by children? Okay, well, it's no hard and fast rule, actually, because children are different. Some children, if you haven't, you know, developed that psychology with them that things can come and go and, you know, it's, it's, it isn't too much of an attachment and they're not going to get upset if they, you know, need to be parted with some of their things because some children are very, very difficult for them. Um, but what you would do there is maintenance maintenance comes with structure mm. um, and you know giving them that routine so every evening before bedtime let's do a clear up and put away your things and my daughter for example what she does um, you know she goes into a room herself and she does a declutter <laughs> being the daughter of a professional organ yes. and she comes out of her room herself now she's 10 years old with a whole bunch of things to say mom what must I do with this and I say, okay, that we can um, donate, and this, okay, we can't donate this, so we need to recycle that, et cetera, et cetera. But it's really about the relationship um, with stuff that the children have developed over time. So, you know, d- these days as well, children are rewarded with things. Yeah. And, you know, you know th- that, little, that relationship is, is a long discussion, but, um, yeah, it's definitely something that can be worked over time. Well, Carmen, you've most certainly given us a lot to think about this afternoon, getting organized every Monday afternoon right here on Fast Forward. Uh, is there a quick tip you'd like to leave listeners with in terms of lightening up, a top tip to get organized ahead of the school year? Definitely. Just keep it simple for your children and yourself. You don't have to do so much, you know. Minimize the extramurals and all these experiences that you have to do. Just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Carmen Mulder, thank you so much for your time as we get organized right here on Fast Forward. Check it all out. Lighten up on Facebook and tune in next week, Monday, uh, for another top lighten up tip. Traffic. I'm Jerry Saunders. Thanks, Jerry. It has been what seems like forever, but it's only been a year. Diane Garvin is back in studio. Welcome. It's good to have you here. Thank you very much. And it's only a pleasure. I mean, we uh, Jerry has been saying how much she's been looking forward to having mm. you back in studio. Right. Uh, last year was such a treat. Um, but I mean, I was just looking again at at um, astrology and and the. According to Wikipedia, which might not necessarily be the best place to go, but according to Wikipedia, astrology is the study of movements and relative positions of celestial objects as a mean for divining information about human affairs and terrestrial events. And I know many people think of horoscope columns in local magazines or newspapers when they hear the word astrology. However, Diane, there's there's much more to astrology than that. So let's educate everybody here. What is astrology? Okay, firstly, so one of the misconceptions that we have around astrology is that it all revolves around the sun sign. The sun sign is only one aspect of who you are or one aspect of understanding or interpreting the chart. Okay. Depends on where the sun is, is how much the person will relate to the sun sign energy of that chart. Sometimes the sun is very insignificant in terms of um, the person being able to relate to what that sun sign means. So that's the first misconception. It's not all about the sun sign. Okay, not just about the sun sign. Not just about the sun sign. Right. We have to interpret and understand the whole chart. As we are complex and complicated human beings, so is the chart very complex and complicated, full of contradictions and things that we need to delve into a little bit deeper. 
Um, what we do here on the radio for the sake of the listeners is really just one very small aspect of astrology, which is what we work with transits. When people come and ask questions, I will use a transit, which is only one of the four various techniques we use, which we print everything out, cross-reference everything before we can kind of give a real detailed, proper answer or explanation of a circumstance or a situation that the client is dealing with. Okay. For the most part, I set aside around an hour to prepare for each client, and then there is an hour in which I deliver the reading, in which questions get answered, etc. So for those people out there whose argument always is, how can all these billions of people on Earth all be categorized into 12 different signs? That's not really how astrology works. We have 12 sun signs, but when you look at all the different dynamics, you look at a very different picture of a birth chart. And that's why a person, or two people that are born on the same day and have the same birth date could differ quite a lot depending Absolutely. on where the sun was or where the sun, the time and the of time day, of day the born. place of birth, yes. all of those things go to, Absolutely. go into the reading per se. The, yes, yes I'm, the, I'm, the I'm, place of birth, the time of birth, it sets the angles of the chart. Sometimes you have a situation like I had this morning with a client whose birth time we were unsure of, so we worked with the morning chart and then she was like, oh, but we think maybe it's in the afternoon and suddenly her moon changed sign. Because I see. somewhere during the day, the moon changed from one sign to the other, which gives you a very different picture of who mm. the person is and how she expresses herself. Okay. Because the moon has a lot to do with our actual personality, so to speak. It describes our needs, our emotional needs, how we connect emotionally, how we sort of engage with people in the world. So the moon sign is often a lot more relevant in trying to understand the dynamic of a person's personality than what the sun sign is. And that moon sign in combination with the ascendant is what we look at. Okay, and, and like you say, a lot of time and effort goes into doing, putting these together. So if people are interested, they can contact you via email? Absolutely. Uh, digarvin at mweb.co.za and the website digarvinastrology.co.za is a good resource. Absolutely. Most certainly. All right, yes. but then for purposes of the radio, because I know people are interested in what the year has in store for them or maybe yes. they have specific questions so for today's purposes uh, we're going to use whatsapp uh, and i thought what we could do is we could invite listeners to send us their date of birth uh the time of day time of day that they were born and the place that they were yes. born place meaning just a city or a town i don't need a street address or a hospital all right and then together with a question that they want answered absolutely maybe it has to do with finances maybe it has to do with health maybe it has to do with love but you want a specific question absolutely and then we can look to the stars and see what we can figure out for them absolutely uh, okay cool so there you go whatsapp 0726704025 diane's in studio with us and she'd love to help you out if you've got a question by all means whatsapp 0726704025 4025 give us your name and then your date of birth the time you were born the place you were born and then include a question what is it that you would like to know from diane as she <clears throat> oh, i'm losing my voice uh, as she hangs out with us right here on fast forward this is good of fm powering summer doubling up the tunes fast forward five after five and what a duet this is ed sheeran beyonce and perfect for G-Eazy, Helsey, boyfriend and girlfriend, him and I on Fast Word 5 After 5. So we're looking at the stars this afternoon as we, as we embark on a brand new year. A lot of people returning to work, school starts tomorrow, uh, people have got questions about how the year is going to unfold. And that's why uh, astrologist Diane Garvin is back in studio as she was a year ago. And we've been taking your WhatsApps for the past half hour. Thank you so much for inundating us with your details as we do some... What did you call them now? Horaries. <laughs> I mean, it sounds. I mean, it's going to catch people unawares. But effectively, we're doing some readings based on small details about 
an hour, a specifically a question that's asked in the hour. In this hour, in the hour of their birth, in the hour of oh wow, this, I can worry, see you're mixing it up now. I can see how people simplify it and they simplify it too much and yeah. then they get it confused. Exactly. All right, Diane. So we've had lots of WhatsApps. Shall we start with Chandra, who's not available to take our call right now? Okay, so Chandra's, Chandra's question was around work, and she I think the question was, will she get a job? Okay. Um, I'm not sure about what her background here is. Things do seem a little bit tough and seem to have been a little bit tough for her for a while. However, she is going to get a job, and that, but it won't be before around the middle of the year. So we're probably, look, probably looking at more or less sort of May, June before she'll get a job. It's right. probably not going to be the job that she really wants, but it's something that's going to see her through for approximately a year before there's going to be another shift for her. The job that comes around in a year's time is going to be more in alignment with what she's looking for. Okay, so there could be something towards the middle of the year. Take it because it'll be another year before something, before something else comes up. Yep. All right. Uh, Alex is not keen to be on air with us, but I do know he's listening right now. What did Alex want to know? Okay, so Alex's question was around whether it's the right time for him to commit to a serious relationship. And now we know why he doesn't uh, want to talk to us on air. <laughs> Alex, I can see from your chart that uh, committing to a serious relationship is a little bit of an issue for you. You are a Scorpio. However, serious relationship, uh, relationships are important. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is the right time to be committing. This uh-huh. does look like something that's going to last for a while. So don't be afraid to go ahead and commit to the relationship. All right, terrific. I see Stephanie has joined us. Stephanie, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thanks, and you? Yeah, lacquer, thanks, Stephanie. Uh, <laughs> the next voice you'll hear is Diane. Diane, wh- okay, what was the reading for Stephanie? Okay, so Stephanie's question was, let me just check that, um, was also around doing her master's and working at the same time. Yeah. Stephanie, I can see it's going to be quite a hectic year for you, but you will cope with it, so I would encourage you to go for it. You will benefit from it in the end. Look at that. Thank you so much. You go, girl. <laughs> uh, female is the future. Look at that. Uh, Stephanie, thanks so much for getting involved. Uh, thanks so much for all your WhatsApps. We'll come back with a few more. And I have a question with regards to one of South Africa's favorite rappers, what the year holds for Casper Nyovest. Hold N-E-R-D, Rihanna, it's a tune called Lemon on Good Hope FM as we power summer. Uh, it's been such a busy show. Thanks so much for all the WhatsApps on 072-670-4025. Astrologist Diane Garvin is in studio. Yes, she's still here. She's still powering through so many of your messages. Uh, but I, I tore her away from some of the stuff she was doing because I'm very keen to hear about some of our celebs, as we refer to them. And I asked you if you could, Diane, do a reading for Caspin your vest. Uh, and do you do the same thing? You you went and found his birth date. You yes. kind of went, okay, I have his birth date. Yes. Unfortunately for Casper Nuves, we don't have a time of birth. Okay. So it does become a little bit more complicated. But what is very interesting about his chart is he has got a, in terms of potential success in his life, a phenomenal chart. Really? He is going to go big places in his life. He's going to be very successful. He's in a very sensitive age. He's 27 now. Right. Coming on up for his first lunar return, which is ushering him into a whole different phase of his life where his work is going to become a lot more serious. He's one of those people who will become an authority in his field. Mm. He's probably also working on something at the moment that he's unlikely have shared with us or with the public, which will be a big thing for him. It's probably only going to start manifesting towards the middle or the end of 2018, where we're going to see what it is that he's working on he's been putting together. I mean, he's been been a phenomenal force already Mm. in the South African music industry. Uh, And the fact that he's been filling up domes and filling up stadiums has definitely garnered him a lot of 
of A, support, uh, and B, a lot of interest around what he's doing. He's clearly capable yeah. of uh, getting people to come together and, and follow something that he's putting together. You see, the amazing thing about this guy is he's fearless and mm. he thinks big. He doesn't, he doesn't stay... I mean, this guy has got... I mean, his ideas are huge. He's, he thinks very, very big, and he's got the courage to pursue them. Awesome. And that's what, what makes him so, what makes his chart so favorable for success. In fact, if we look at um, one of the American famous celebrities, uh, Brad Pitt. Okay. He's got a very similar chart to Brad Pitt. Oh. So you're going to see a kind of development in his career, very similar to that as he gets older, he becomes better at what he does and he produces even more substantial stuff and then I wouldn't be surprised if he moves into not just actually music but moves into something having a whole production company of his own of if course. he doesn't have that already of course so that's where we're seeing him move towards so that's what it looks like from these configurations that's very interesting uh, as we see 2018 unfold according to the stars for Casper Nioves this has been a very interesting chat it always is Diane lovely um, thank you so thank much you. for bringing your skills and into studio and sharing them with us I know our listeners thoroughly enjoy this and, and we've so many WhatsApps, we can't get through to everybody. Uh, but if they are looking for you, the best place to do so is by sending you an email, diegarvin at mweb.co.za or the website diegarvinastrology.co.za. Uh, you have a Facebook page and all those, but those are definitely the best places to get a hold of Absolutely. Diane. Absolutely. Um, it's been very fascinating. You did say off air a little earlier that a lot of the uh, people that were sending messages through happened to be Scorpios, Scorpios you were saying? That's you were noticing? Correct, yes. Yeah. Um, that's because the planet Jupiter, which is, as astrology, one of our favorite planets, always brings us change and gifts and opportunities has just entered the sign of Scorpio. So Scorpios are dealing with a lot of change. Of course, it does depend on their personal chart as to what that change exactly is going to be. Um, What we do have to bear in mind with this particular configuration, often um, in this particular sort of sign, Jupiter entering Scorpio, we deal with something you have to give up in order to get something new. So ah. it's not just about here's a beautiful gift. It's yes. I've got this lovely opportunity, but what are you prepared to sacrifice in order for this to materialize? Fascinating. Very, very interesting indeed. Uh, Diane Garvin, astrologer right here in studio on Fast Forward. Get hold of her online. Like I said, diegarvin at mweb.co.za if you've got further questions. Uh, Di, we'll see you. Hopefully before next year. That'll be lovely. Yeah, Thank you very much for having me. Only a pleasure. Traffic. Jerry's got deets. Okay, so this is the Kiffness and short straw. It's called Find a Way to Break a Habit, of course. Uh, hashtag Breaking My Bad. We've been doing this for the past week or so. Uh, and in fact, last week we were really just introducing it, uh, kind of figuring out which habits our spouses, our loved ones, would like for us to break. Uh, and it was exactly a week ago that we heard from my wife. And now we have the lovely Ruenda back on the radio. Hi, Ru. Hi, sweetie. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, um, do I need to buy anything on the way home? Uh, probably. Okay. You'll let me know on WhatsApp then. Yeah, let's see how it goes. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I'm actually not sure how I should be conducting this interview because this interview is about me. So, have I been doing? Uh, I think you should hand over to the lovely ladies in studio. Oh, I knew oh, wow. it was so diplomatic. Yeah. All right. Hi, Ru. Hi, guys. Hi. So how has he been doing? Yeah. Well, um, I think he's been doing okay. Right. Uh, Joe, Just you know, I've, I've sent you evidence, photos of Sean with the phone in the hand during yeah. lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> the problem when collecting evidence, though, is I get a lot of lips because I'm on my phone collecting evidence of him being Oh, oh he's cheeky like that. Mm. <laughs> so, me being a scientist, we thought we, we should probably get a good baseline reading. Yeah. 
and uh, we installed an app on his phone mm, that yeah. measures. That's clever. Yeah, which which apps and how much time he's spending on each of them. Right. <laughs> right. So I, I did some investigation this morning. Um, <laughs> wow. Sounds and it's very actually, serious. I think it's quite frightening. The 24 hours in a day, Sean, yeah. um, of which we don't spend many sleeping. Yes. But you spent two hours and one minute on your phone on Friday. Really? Hmm. Yeah, but how is this fire? On a Friday as well. Wow. On a okay, Friday. But, but what time really? of the day was this? Uh, see, the app can't tell me that. Oh, no, Benny was working. No, <laughs> no. Oh, though, maybe you had prep to do for the yeah. weekend. Okay, Rue, I have another question, though. Weren't you guys going to do push-ups instead of spend time on your phone? Has he done a single push-up? <laughs> he hasn't, huh? Hey? No. That's, Not that's even a little bit of no. blank. No, I was focusing on the breaking the habit before I was focusing no, on gonna, starting uh, the habit. No, but you I said instead that. of being on your phone, oh, okay. every time you picked it up, you were going to do push-ups. Oh, shucks. Well, so what I will say is between Friday and Sunday, like Sunday it went down to one hour and 26 minutes yeah. on the okay. phone. And also keeping in mind, he was on air on Sunday. Yeah. So there was some work stuff. Yeah. And the biggest time consumer is WhatsApp. And again, to his credit, most of that is is to me, so I'll, I'll take some of okay, the time. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, but the one thing we have to talk about is the Snapchat. <laughs> oh, I know, shame. It's his new favorite thing. But it's so it cool. Is. As I just found it, yeah. Uh, okay, but it is a bit startling to hear that I spent two hours on my phone on Friday. Uh, it's not really what I want to be doing with my time. Hey? Yeah. You should be looking at a screen so much. I should get this app. Yeah, okay. Well, thanks so much for being a scientist, love. I appreciate it because now we know we have a baseline. Hopefully, I can improve on that next week or so and and the exercise okay that's <laughs> coming next <laughs> how about we talk about that in a week or so it's time um, you're doing fantastic okay all right thanks so much um send my love to zoe all right um well this is weird talking to Bye. her on the radio and yeah, then easy. having an interview and stuff anyway um that's my wife ladies and gents uh she is indeed a scientist she's going about this a very scientific way mm. i don't know how your husbands are going to measure what it is that you need to do no i mean honestly it's not going to be the size I am. No. So Mine can just switch on the light to <laughs> yeah. look at my face. It's easy. Yeah. And yes, and yours? No, nothing. No, you should. You'll be sitting on the couch. Giving <laughs> <laughs> it local, Josh Wanty. Sash and get over yourself before a DJ 40 dindy and do me right. You're listening to Good Hope FM as we power summer. Wednesdays are dedicated to food right here on Fast Forward. We call it Let's Eat, and we're educating and learning uh, along the way. So this afternoon, I've decided to rope in uh, one of South Africa's leading pediatric dietitians, Kath McGaw. Welcome back to the show, Kath. Hi, thanks, Sean. Uh, only a pleasure. Listen, last time we spoke was World Diabetes Day 2017, about a very specific eating habit to, tra- to treat diabetes and to avoid diabetes. Um, and today, I thought we'd take a different tack. Everybody's going back to school. We're looking at lunchboxes. We're looking at how to feed our kids really nutritious meals. And we're constantly being bombarded with literature with regards to sugar and carbs and fats and proteins. Um, but first off, you have three kids. How was your first day back at school? Yeah, it seems to have gone well. Everyone was happy, and um, the, I only had two going back to school because the other one is going to varsity. So <laughs> that's um, it's a whole new new phase for us. More so. transitions, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. So, Kath, I know that you took a year to transition your children's diets, uh, and you're an advocate very much so for real foods. What is your stance on sugar, carbs for kids? 
obviously, uh, so my, my kind of stance generally is 80% of the time aim to eat real healthy foods that are occurring in nature as close to nature as possible. And 20% of the time life happens. So you don't have to fear sugars, but aim during the week time, especially when you want them to be at their best from a school point of view, from a sporting point of view, um, being able to fall asleep easily at night, being able to focus. You want them to have good nutrition with regards to naturally occurring sugars, which occur in your vegetables and in your fruits and in your good healthy grains. And you want them to have all the other foods um, from the different food groups and have a nice variety of foods in their day. So I must say, sometimes I feel like people forget that uh, what you're putting into your body is fueling you. And if you aren't putting great stuff in, you're not going to yield great results. You mentioned things like sleep and concentration and performance and all of those things there. I mean, that does come down to diet, right? That, that's been proven. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean... Your diet, and, and it's not just your, your big nutrients like we talk of carbs and proteins and fats. It's also the micronutrients. So it's the vitamins and it's the minerals and it's your antioxidants and the, the colors of vegetables and fruits come from a very special um, factor. And that's also healthy for you and healthy for your children. All right. So if I'm sending a child off to school and I want to make sure that they're being, uh, they're being set up for a really good day, um, have you got any kind of guidelines in terms of rules, maybe, putting together a lunchbox uh, before looking at what goes into that lunchbox? How, how would I go about putting that together? Well, what's important, firstly, is to get your child's buy-in because I do loads of diet recalls in my consult. And what fascinates me, and it happens time and time again, I'll say to the parents, what's eaten at breakfast? And I get given what's eaten at breakfast. Then I say, what's eaten at lunch? And then the mom will quickly say, well, I can tell you what I put in the lunchbox, but uh. it literally all comes back to me. So it's actually all great to know what goes in, but I want to know what the child actually eats Consumes. at school. So the one thing is to get your child buy-in, first and foremost, make them part as young as they are to become part of packing that lunchbox with you. And then you want to try and include all the different food groups. You know, there's so many lovely things on the net with regards to the different groups of foods, and you can print out a little one for your child if they're not reading yet and say to them, pick from this group of all the good protein foods and pick from this group of all the good starch and carb foods and pick from this group all the good fruits and vegetables and I want and pick from this group from the dairy group and I want you to put one in each into your lunchbox for mm. the day. And when you come home, you can tell me what you ate. And also encourage honesty because they often will swap out at school and you don't want to make them fear what they're going to tell you when they get home, that they start hiding or throwing away their food. You want them to be open and honest so that you can have this constant conversation with them. Very smart. Very clever tips there, Kath. Kath McGaw joins us on the line now as we chat foods, lunchboxes, and getting your kids to buy in to making sure that they eat what you need for them to eat to be healthy. Kath, we'll catch up with you again inside the next 10 or so minutes as I look to more uh, ideas and potential stuff that we can actually physically put in our lunchboxes. Um, and more advice from Kath McGaw on the way. Keep it locked on to Good Up FM as we power summer. Something up local DJ f- uh, 40 and Dindy do me right clean banner before 6 p.m. as well as Lincoln Park Ooh, cannot wait so uh, just a little while ago I was asking you whether or not an extra nine centimeters to your height would be something that you may consider 
Uh, so ladies wear heels And a lot of them would do it to be a bit taller And not to look taller But to be a bit taller uh, There's a Japanese individual Dr. Norishigi Kanai mm. uh, He is previously a diving medical officer With the Japan Maritime Self-Defense Force uh, He's on his first space, mi- space mission As a Japanese well astronaut Thank you very much I got there eventually yeah. um, He posted a tweet not too long ago It read Good morning everybody I have a major announcement today we had our bodies measured after reaching space, and wow, 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 I actually grown by as much as nine centimeters. I grew like some plants in just three weeks. Nothing like this since high school. I'm a bit worried whether I'm fit, I'll fit in the sewers again. Uh, so, uh, yes, the sewers. Seat when I go back. He'll fit in the sewers again. No, I, I can't from? remember how it's pronounced, but it's that spaceship that allows for you to oh. travel from there to there. <laughs> sewers, thank you, thank you. Like soya sauce. It's Ninja Turtle. Sewers. Okay. Um, which he was very excited about. Is he so, so he's it's permanent? Yeah. yeah, that's what I want to know. He's obviously back on Earth because he wouldn't be able to send the message otherwise, would he? I don't know. They but don't have Twitter uh, in space. It's not permanent. Sorry. So he shrinks Gee. again. See, it's, it's oh, common just, for astronauts just, to grow between two and five centimeters while you're in space because oh. your vertebrae they stretch out and there's oh. no gravity. He was so short. He, he grew he nine, centimeters. nine centimeters. He <laughs> reckoned. That's, That's so quite cool. a bit. Yeah. Um, but of course, once you're back on land, yeah, it's not so much the case. Earth. You know, there's downward pressure from gravity Shame. and all that stuff. So I wonder if he had a mirror so he could at least admire his. See what he looked like a little bit taller. Length. He became a baller. Yeah. Uh, so now he, he tweeted recently again saying that it was a measurement error. And although it seems oh, that it's become a serious a topic on earth because everybody was like, wow, it trended. He was very sorry before the terrible fake news he tweeted. Oh, oh. shit. So what did he actually grow? Uh, just two, two centimeters. Two centimeters. Two centimeters. You can't. So basically his hair grew in the time that he <laughs> yeah. was in space and yeah. when he came yeah, back spikes. down. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Aye, little Japanese man. Got so excited for a while there. Oh, well. Jess Lynn right here on Good Hope FM as we power summer. We do Tech Talk every Thursday afternoon at around this time. And BP is right here for exactly that reason. Welcome back, dude. I mean, it's good to be back. I didn't have to get stuck in the traffic. So yay me. Timing's good. <laughs> uh, listen, so we always delve into the world of, of technology. Um, and there's always something that catches your attention just that much more uh-huh. than other things. And cardboard switch seems to be... The thing on everybody's lips at the moment. Well, actually, Nintendo's Switch calling cardboard. it. No, they're actually calling a toy con. A toy con. But I'll tell you why. Okay. So this is actually Nintendo's a. It's a weird company, but weird in the coolest way possible these days. So you know, like last year, everyone's like, "Hey, we've got these fantastic 4K consoles. It's got teraflops of data and can do all of these amazing things." Nintendo's like, "We've got this thing that works wonderfully as a console at home and on the go." And everyone's like, "Oh my word, this thing is amazing." So this year, they're doing pretty much the same thing. Well, everyone is just like specs and this and that. They're like, so you know, instead of releasing a new console right now, we've got these cardboard things for your console and it should not make sense. But everybody is talking about it. And they sent me the press release this morning and I was like, this looks like the most amazing thing. So literally what it is, is they're calling it Toy-Con because the controllers from the Nintendo Switch are called Joy-Con. Yes. So they're playing on that whole name, which I think is cool. And you get these different kits, shall we call them. Um, where you can build different things and 
I mean, there was one where they show you can actually build like a piano. So essentially, what it's doing is it's taking the Nintendo Switch using the Joy-Con controllers and taking your Switch from just being a console that can be on the go or at home and turning it into like an actual arcade kind of system, like you know, old school arcade nostalgic. But you I mean you can build. You can build a piano. You can build um, a fishing rod. So use the Joy-Con controllers. There's a line and everything, and you can actually do like sort of uh, fishing at home. And I'm just like, it sounds like the oddest thing, but what it's encouraging is actual interaction between parents and kids, or you and your friends, to use your console in a completely different way. But it's kind of also familiar. What, what I'm really loving about this is that the Switch itself is a little screen with with uh, controllers that sort of slide on either yeah. side. So you can either use it as a portable device, or you can separate the two. And obviously, they're using these joystick, these joy joy con cons uh, to further um, enjoy the the. Uh, no, the usability, the versatility of what they've created. And here, if you're using cardboard, that means I get to tactile. I get to make something exactly. and then attach it to this console and then use the console to play the game with something I've just made. I think it's, wow. It actually takes gaming to such a new level because it's usually just you get the game, you play it, and then you're done. Or if you're lucky, it's VR. Or if you're really, really lucky, it's augmented reality. Yeah. And that's it. But there's still no sort of tactile interaction. Yes. There's no sense of... I've made this and now I actually get to see how it works. So the potential for this is not just let's make something fun. It actually can move far beyond that and actually move into education fields, which makes it even more interesting. Mm. And it's still using the same little console, you know, that we, we've known from last year that everyone's loved. Kudos and essentially is saying, you know, hey, you guys have got your 4K and this and that, but look at what we can do. And I think this is... This is such a move for Nintendo. Awesome. It's so awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture. It looks really cool. I want one. <laughs> good, good job. Toy Con. Yeah, I like it. All right. Awesome. All right. Saving that up. Saving up for that, rather. <laughs> Christmas is only a long time away. My birthday's closer. <clears throat> Just saying. All right. And now, what about updates? Okay, so we, we look at updates on our phones quite often. Uh, iOS is supposed to have another update really soon. Are we expecting some, <sighs> some good news from that update? Apple is not at the best couple of weeks months lately um yeah so we all know about the battery issue that's been affecting apple you know and they finally admitted it and last week we mentioned the fact that you can get your battery replaced for a greatly reduced amount of money but tim cook the ceo ceo of apple has actually now said that the next update to ios 11 so i know this one that's rolled out today that people have gotten not this one the next one that's coming out so we're looking at about end of march april is actually going to allow you to see the battery life so you know how, how good your battery is how long it goes before it's going to need to be replaced which by the way is something you can actually really do on your macbook so i don't okay. know why it's not been on ios um but it's actually also going to allow you to stop the throttling of performance ah. and this is something apple's never done so you know it's it's a big move on their part but it almost feels like a move that's a little bit too late but it is going to benefit everyone so you know what kudos to them for actually pushing it out and saying you know this is what we're doing to fix it yeah Uh, Apple giving their users the ability to take the power back (laughs) something that yeah we wish that had been around for a while longer but anyway Uh, okay and something that so many people use all the time including myself it's the app that I use the most according to (laughs) anti-social and to quality time and all of these apps that I've got on my phone Uh, WhatsApp what's up with WhatsApp yeah and I know you. I know you use it a lot because you send me like four messages in a row at times, which is very funny, actually. Well, <laughs> and I used to be the one that was, you know, doing that. But anyway, um, so WhatsApp. Yes, we we love WhatsApp, but sometimes we don't because you get these wonderful chain spam messages, which reminds you of those chain emails, or you know, uh, forward this email to seventy three thousand people, and you meet the love of your, of your life, life on Friday, yeah, yeah. which is probably why I'm still single. <laughs> uh, did not forward those emails. <laughs> 
But now, you know, you get these ones, pay $10 and you can, you know, make sure you don't have to pay. You get WhatsApp forever or do this and do that. Yeah. And WhatsApp is, it seems like they're realizing that this is an issue. So there have been reports that they've been testing out a notification feature. So, for example, Sean, if you had to, heaven forbid, forward me one of these messages and I get this, there'd be a little notification saying this message has been forwarded, you know, more than the normal amount of times. You know, more than a message normally is. So let's say multiple... Right. So, you know, kind of keep an eye out. So if I then decide I'm going to forward this to, say, Vanya, for example, it'll say something similar. You know, you're about to forward a message that has been forwarded. So it's not stopping you from sending it, but it's warning you, you know, you actually might be spamming people without yeah. actually using the word spam. Sure. Huh. So, you know, they're not officially commenting that they're doing this, but a lot of people have been seeing it and there are screenshots of this message all over the internet. So if they do it, please, please do it. What's up? Yeah, I'd appreciate that because I don't want... Uh, We'd all appreciate that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, Beep, we run out of time, as we always do. There's always so much tech to talk about. Yeah. Uh, back again next Thursday. Um, have yourself a terrific weekend, my friend. Yeah. Hey, yo, check it out. Good Hope FM. 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 Good H